0: Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I, I appreciate people that are willing to talk to perfect strangers. You say, well, I can't never do that. You just try sometime. It's amazing. God opens doors. Man, he opens doors. Praise the Lord. i just uh you can be seated for a second. There's a couple of things that I want to make sure so good to see Emo here tonight. God, thank you for coming. I appreciate that. Bless you. Um, all the visitors and home folk alike, great to see you. Um, it's Wednesday night. I want to first and foremost say that I want to explain something about your pastor not being here today. Okay? Your pastor has not missed I, I, a handful of, of services Ever. <laughs> Ever. I've seen him. When we had the old sound booth up in the other sanctuary, the sound booth was kind of, you looked at it. It was being like the drum cage it was there. And you hid kind of behind that and did all the sound stuff that the ladies do here in the front, which I appreciate. But you're back there. He'd be back there with a bloody nose. He was bleeding so bad. He couldn't get it to stop. And finally get it, pack his nose and get up and preach. And people go, I got a headache. I can't go to church. But I don't want to digress. So he is a very, uh, a very intricate part of this district of the United Pentecostal Church, to which we hold fellowship with, and he has individuals that he has bonded in friendship that they've been in this pulpit before, and they are are board members of the United Pentecostal Church. Pastor Jim Blackshear is now our superintendent, and his dad was our superintendent. And, and I'm saying all this to say this: Superintendent Blackshear asked our pastor to be at the service tonight in Anchorage, and he really put the pressure on him. And, and for the most part, what they're doing tonight is they're honoring the former superintendent, which is Brother Parrish, Brother Gordon Parrish, Elder Parrish. You know who he is. So Brother Parrish is a pastor in Fairbanks, and he has stepped down as superintendent, and Brother Blackshear has taken his position, voted by everybody. And tonight they're honoring Brother Parrish for all the years of service that he has done for the United Pentecostal Church in our district, you say, "Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just here in Palmer." It's good to have like-minded fellowship, individuals that you can go to. Now, not everybody sees things certain ways. I don't want to get off on that, but your pastor has some men within the fellowship that he holds very dear to, and he would not, he would not step down or step away from what. Elder Blackshear has asked him to do. So he is there tonight. He is not home. He's not laying up with sickness or anything like that. He is being called upon there. And I promise, he is sitting probably in the front, up on the platform. And when they sing lots of songs, (laughs) he's ready for preaching. (laughs) He would rather be here. Of all of that, he wants to give honor where honor is due. But I promise you, he wants to be here. Please, please, if you hear my voice, whether you're on the recording or you're here tonight, don't you dare go to him. Uh, where were you Wednesday night? Please, don't do that. He wants to be here, but he needs to be there. And so we're going to let him do that. Praise God. We have, we have a... We are so blessed, folks. We're so blessed. Our pastor is, is sought after all throughout the district and in the lower 48. They, they listen to his podcast. You look and you, some of you ladies can tell me who's watching. They want him to come preach revivals. They, they want him coming on this night and that night. And he turns down and turns down and turns down. He is here. Because this is where his heartbeat is, right here. You are his sheep. You are, and he cares about you. Praise God. Not big numbers, not all that other stuff. So um, if you have a question about that, see me afterwards. I'd be glad to talk to you. It's just, please don't say, where were you Wednesday? With, with great, pardon? <laughs> Bless you. God is so good. Amen. He's so good. We're glad you're here tonight. And um, I appreciate you. I am going to turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 15. I'm going to do my best. I have um, um, just going to do my best tonight. Stay on track. Smile a lot. (laughs) 15 and 1 tells us a soft answer. Turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The way Solomon would put that. He had a a positive and a negative and a negative and a positive. I want to just look at that. A soft answer, turneth away wrath. And with the help of the Lord, I want to look in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 25. The story of some individuals whom you know. David. Nabal. And Abigail. And I would like to entitle it. Instead of going. He said. Then he said. Or then he said. She said. He said. I'm just going to say it. He said. She said. He said. She said. The Amplified says 15 and 1 of Proverbs. I don't believe I gave that to you. It talks about a soft, gentle, thoughtful answer. Turns away wrath. Help me pray, would you please? God, we love you and praise you. We thank you for your presence and your goodness, God. We truly need you in this house today, God. We're nothing without you, without you. You're everything, Your breath, God. There are those that need healing in the house and those that need restoration and encouragement, God. And I know you are the one to do it. And somebody say in Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. this story is a story of David, the soon-to-be king. He's not king yet. And a story of Nabal and his wife, Abigail. You know, words are so important. We know, as we have recently and many times over the last year, um, maybe you've even preached it or taught it in a Bible study, about the importance of what we say. Solomon spent much of the book of Proverbs talking about the mouth, the lips, the tongue, your words, the things you say, the things you do. There is power in your words. In eighteen four of Proverbs, it said, "The words of a man's mouth, they're as deep waters." I like that. I, you just you, when you when you see these. These elders pinning. The pastor talks about how David would pin some of the things he wrote out there in the middle of a field or wherever he was by a campfire or in a den or somewhere where he had sheep bleeding and he was taking care of them. bleating, not bleeding. Some might have been bleeding, but, but he's, he's caring for sheep and he's, he's writing psalms that you and I look at and we read and we just just kind of Push over and, and don't really get the whole gist of it. But he's writing. And the words of a man's mouth, Solomon said, they're like deep waters. Yeah. Yeah. And 2511, he said, a word fitly spoken. It's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. I gave you the CEV, I believe. I like the way they say it. The right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. Come on, you can say amen to that. Somebody gave you a word, and you took that word and said, that was from God. That individual had the heartbeat of God. They didn't criticize me. They weren't tearing me down. They weren't trying to judgmentalize me, but they were trying to build me up. Give me some encouragement. Tell me something that will help me. So I don't even know how I can possibly do this. You just probably have to read the 25th chapter of 1 Samuel because I can't possibly read it all. The story as it goes down. and It it comes to the point or the attention of David. Remember, Saul had already messed up. David had already been anointed, but he was not yet king. Can I get an amen there? Oh, when sometimes people feel like they've got the anointing of God to step into a position, and yet they have not been put into that position. You need to let your pastor work carefully with you. Let him work carefully with me. Do the things, just be faithful. Just be faithful. You want to teach Sunday school and you're not doing it yet? Be faithful to the house of God. Come to prayer meeting. Pay your tithes. Be the first one to be here. Hang around afterwards in fellowship. Hang in the altar. And So David hears that Nabal has his sheep getting ready to be sheared. Now he knows Nabal and his sheep because David was camped about where they happened to be feeding their 3,000 sheep. And he and his men, just like David, his men loved sheep because their leader had been a shepherd. Somebody hear what I'm trying to say today. You got to love people. You want to go to heaven? And you hate people, you need to have a change of heart. Well, that's for the tape. Can't hate people. Got to love them. And David hears that Nabal's shearers are getting ready to shear some sheep. And it's about time that they could use a little bit of nourishment. So he sends ten of his men, and they go, and they And they go to Nabal to request from Nabal some of the proceeds of their shearing of the sheep. And when he sends those men, he doesn't send them all. Read, uh, um, what did I say? He sends messengers. Verse five. And because I'm not even on the right page. There we go. Yeah, praise the Lord. So, chapter twenty-five and verse number uh, five, I believe it is. He sends a messenger. Yeah, I have my glasses. That would help. So he sends the ten men, and this is what he tells them to say, in verse six: Liveth in prosperity. Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. He sends a message to Nabal that's encouraging. It's uplifting. He's sending words that, are, that someone normally would take that, and they would go, Oh, praise God. Thank you. David said, Let prosperity be in my house. Let peace be in my house. But instead, we know that Nabal takes those words that David says, and he says, who is David? Who's the son of Jesse? Who is this man? I don't know you, and I could care less what you say. And Nabal is being described in your scriptures, you read it yourself, as a man that is churlish, as a man that is vulgar, Webster says. He lacks civility. Or graciousness. Come on. Can I get an amen? He's difficult to work with or deal with. I think the carpet should be blue. Bless God. It better be red or else I'm not going there. He's hard to deal with. And so he takes the words that David's servants. Right from the mouth of David. And he says, I, I don't want anything to do with that. Proverb 17.28 in the message translation says, even dunces who keep quiet are thought to be wise. Yeah. <laughs> Nabal doesn't hold his tongue. He just blabs it out there. And David gets word back in verse 13. 15, 13. And David... Says, that's it. Out of 600 men, he says, let's take 400 men. He's dealing with just Nabal. He says, I'll take 400 men. Put your swords on. Let's go. There's no way you're going to talk to me like that. I know none of us have ever done that before. (laughs) Devised to do good and somebody just kind of poo-pooed on your parade. (laughs) Nabal was was doing that and David said you ain't doing that to me there ain't no way that word's getting to anybody else that you're getting away with that and so he puts those guys to flight they get their swords they mount up and 400 of them leave and they're off to go take care of business when David took care of business I can assure you I can assure you it was not something where he said Well, what do you think? Wipe them all out. Didn't have that problem. Saul had that problem. Saul said, I'll keep the best. And when it comes time to, you know, uh, come before the Lord, I'll bring Agag and we'll sacrifice Agag. That'll surely please God. Uh So he's ready. He's going. So we said, We got David, we got Nabal. David says, mount up, we're going, let's go now. Abigail, she hears from one of the servants that the servants of David had been treated poorly by Nabal. And I really love the way verse 18 starts to hopefully culminate culminate this out and start to make some sense. It said that she made haste. It means that she recognized that this is not something I need to pray about. This is not something I need to have a fast or go on a lengthy, you know, sabbatical someplace in the woods to consider all of the options. Abigail, Brother, Brother Justin said, she said, I need to take care of business right now. And she starts gathering up food. She gets 200 uh, uh, c- uh, cakes of raisins and... and, uh, and she gets her 200 loaves of raisins and two bottles of wine and some sheep dressed and, and five measures of parched corn and 100 clusters of, of this and 200 clusters of that and gets it together and puts them with a servant and said, you go meet David right now. And she got ready and got herself on a donkey and she took off to go meet the man of now you may not have looked at, at that at the time that he was the man of God. He was a warrior. He was a leader. If anything, they looked at him as the future king. They, they heard, the rumors went around there as they said, and they sang Saul has killed or slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. They looked at David when they heard of Goliath in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. They said, this surely is going to be our next king. They had to have been talking around the campfire thinking, Saul, what a deadbeat. He hasn't done anything for us. He just took all our young men to be soldiers. And when it's time to fight, he won't even get up and put the armor on and fight. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel. For a a leader, for a king, for a pastor, for a shepherd that's not willing to put on the armor and go into battle and do the work that needs to be done. She puts this together, sends it ahead. Verse 19, verse 20, she gets on the donkey to go meet David. She puts her action right into motion. She doesn't wait. Verse twenty. Three, upon arrival, she dismounts off of that. There's no mention of him receiving the gift prior to. But the focus is on the fact that as soon as she gets there, she dismounts and she falls on her face and she begins to honor the man of God, the future king of Israel. Listen to her words. I like what the good news translation says, verse 21 and 22. Good news. You really don't have that? All right. David had been thinking. So, he's talking about she's on her way to meet David. David had gathered all the swords and all the men. They're going to get Nabal. And they're going to meet in the middle. And the scripture says... In the good news, he said, David had been thinking. This is prior to his meeting Abigail. Why did I ever protect that fellow? His property out here in the wilderness. Not a thing that belonged to him was stolen. And this is how he pays me back. For the help I gave him. Verse 22. May God strike me dead if I don't kill every last one of those men before morning. Revenge. I'm going to make it. I'm going to take care of business. I know none of us ever thought like that. But he's on his way to go avenge. I don't know what. He did a good deed. You helped that person. You gave them $5, you paid somebody's rent, you did this, you gave somebody a ride, and then they snubbed you. So you're going to stop loving people? You're going to put them on the 10 most wanted list? No, you're not. But David here, he's like, whoa, you can see it. That guy, I'm taking care of business. All of a sudden, this woman comes, shows up on a donkey, falls on her face, and begins to cry out to him for mercy. Come on, a soft answer. Turneth away wrath. Oh, praise God. 24, she talks about in the King James, it says, upon me, my Lord. She steps into it and says, let it be me. I'm going to make it right. Falls at his feet. Let this iniquity be, and let thine handmaiden, I pray, I pray thee, speak in thy audience, and hear the words of thine handmaiden. He said, she said. Next verse. He says, I don't, I, I'm paraphrasing. He says, don't regard this man. He is not worth it. To respond the way you're thinking is certain. Certain disaster. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. That guy cut me off. If I had 30 seconds, I am going to what? Talking to me? Nabal is his name and folly is with him, but I thy handmaiden saw not the young men of my Lord whom thou didst send. Next verse. He said now therefore my Lord as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth. These words are powerful. What she is talking to this man. They're prophetic. They're powerful because not only being prophetic of what was going to happen to him but what happens to you and me when we honor the same principle. As the Lord thy soul liveth. Seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood. It's like I'm being sent so that you don't do something stupid. I remember brand new in the church, just being stupid. And in the middle of just about to do something, Brother Mark, stupid. The man who taught my wife and I a Bible study would show up out of nowhere. Just show up. Hey, how's it going? It's just a neighborhood. Just want to say hi. (laughs) Abigail shows up in the middle of this, ready for this confrontation. And she says, I'm here to keep you from doing something stupid, David. You've come to shed blood. She didn't say innocent blood. He's guilty, all right. But I don't want you to shed blood, David. David. From avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies, this is where she gets prophetic, and they that seek evil to my Lord. What's she talking about? Saul trying to hunt him down. He'd been hiding out from Saul. If it wasn't Saul, it's the Philistines. If it wasn't them, it's the Amalekites. It was one of those band of brothers somewhere trying to get David, just trying to mind his own business. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and thy soul liveth, sing, the Lord hath withholding. Going on down there. And he said, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. Next verse. And now this blessing which thine handmaid hath brought unto my Lord. Are you getting this? He said, she said. She comes bearing a gift. There is so much Power in what you say to others. So much power. They say death and life are in the power of the tongue. Right? But the good things you can say. So he says, she says, thine handmaid hath brought the Lord. Let even now be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. And next verse. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid. Forgive me for I've interrupted this. But I've got good reason to do that. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord, David, a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord. You get this? She's, where'd she get this from? And the evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Next verse. I pray, yet as a man, a man is risen to pursue thee, to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God and thy souls of thine enemies. Them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. Next verse, 30, and it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee. She's telling them, man. She's, she's, she's shucking corn. She's laying it out. That he hath... Spoken concerning thee, and shall have and appointed the have appointed thee ruler over Israel. That this shall be no grief. I love this right here. This shall be no grief unto thee, nor offence of heart unto my lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, David, then remember thine handmaiden. 1911, of Proverbs tells us, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. Good news says it like this. If you are sensible, she's trying to talk sense into David. When you're angry, and when I'm angry, I'm not really thinking very sensible. Are you? Oh, I'm just thinking with this. I'm just. He says, if you're sensible, you will control your temper. (laughs) Told you I was going to smile a lot. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 15, 18, in the CEV tells us like this. Losing your temper causes a lot of trouble. (laughs) All right, none of you look up, none of you look away or or lower your head or whatever, or raise your hand when I say, you ever punched something when you got mad? Did it fix it? All right, so I'm going way back. I won't even tell you how old. My first breakup, I had a girlfriend. I thought, she is the one. <laughs> she broke up with me. And I punched a wall. Well, when you punch a wall where the two-by-four is, it's different than when you see those guys who punch walls where the two-by-fours are really far apart. And they go like that. Wah! And you go, man, that was cool. I'm going to do that. <laughs> So I had a broken hand. And my dad said, well, did that work? Did that help you any? No, it didn't. I really dislike her more now. <laughs> he said he, <laughs> if you lose your temper, it causes a lot of trouble. <laughs> but staying calm settles arguments. You like that? Good. Calm words. Good things said. How important they are. Can I talk to husbands and wives. Sister Herring, did you address the men while I was gone? Oh. I know you did. I heard that. I'll tell you what. Hey, husbands and wives, this works. It matters what you say. You can't talk down to your spouse. That's not Bible. That's not anything that God approves of. I guarantee you he disapproves of that. So many scriptures talk about husband. How you're supposed to care for her like she is some precious. She is so fragile. Because she is. You're supposed to love her. Protect her. Not barb words. Not cut her down. Not tear her apart. And wives, you don't do the same thing to your husbands. Praise the Lord. And parents, don't you do that to your children. You tear your children down, uh, I promise you there will be someone looking to lift them up. And it won't be godly. There's someone who will look at their attention and try to pull them away you got to love them even when they make mistakes. you got to explain it to them. You don't call them a dummy. You don't call them stupid. What, are you an idiot or something? Well, I guess so. Well, they'll think that. Our words are so important. 15 and 1. In the CEV of our opening scripture says, a kind answer soothes angry feelings. You can just see, Abigail just steps into the situation. And, and she just calms this thing down. She just settles it. She stops David from doing something stupid. She stopped David or from her husband, Nabal, from being wiped out. And Nabal, when he heard that she had done what she did, the Bible says that after he had come out of a drunken stupor, it said that he just froze. It's like he went into a stroke or something. And 10 days later, he dies. Nabal did not want to change, even when confronted with the fact that someone bigger and badder was going to make it even with him, and his wife stood up for him. He still was so stubborn. This is not part of the tapes or the, the message set aside. There's a difference. We, we all, I asked one of the Stacy. So 3.23 of Romans says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. Amen. Can I get an amen? We amen. All, we all mess up. We all, we're a work in progress. Sometimes it seems like there's a whole lot more work. I've drive through those streets in Hawaii, and they have not changed hardly at all. They don't do any work, it seems like. The, the same road is still tore up, and it says construction in progress, and I never see anybody working. But we're a work in progress. There should be construction signs. There should be evidence that there's some sort of progress being made. Saul, I already alluded to the fact, messed up. Saul chose at one point, he says, I'm going to do what Samuel does, and he didn't wait for the pro- pro- prophet, the man of God, to come, and he offered up the offering. And that was like, no, don't do that. And if that wasn't enough, when it came time to destroy the Amalekites, as already mentioned, he decides to keep Agag. And when confronted by the man of God, are you hearing what I'm saying? confronted by the man of God for his error. Whether it be the word, whether it be the pastor, whether it be the preacher, whether it be you in prayer, or someone just, just around you, you get the nudge, I've been, I'm not doing right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. When confronted, all he wanted to do was have Samuel fix it. He said, well, uh, I brought Agag. We'll just sacrifice him. That should make you happy. I'll just throw another five in the plate. I'll just do this. I don't have to get my life right. I don't have to fix my errors or my mistakes or my sin. I don't have to repent. Let's just sacrifice. Let's sing another song. And David, with his sin with Bathsheba, that had landscaped. It had. It was like a, a, a. It was like an avalanche. One thing turned to another. Anybody know what I'm talking when that happens? What well, starts out as playful or or or, or this or that, and it, next thing you know, it's just it's an avalanche. It's out of control. Now he's murdered as one of his top men, and he's obviously miserable during this time. And Nathan. The man of God who hears the voice of God says to the leader, he said, you're the man, David, you're the one that's messed up. And David does not do what Saul did. He falls on his face and he repents. When confronted with our error, when we hear that voice, instead of blaming someone, instead of bringing it down and saying it's his, their fault, it's your fault. It's not my, justify it. I justified bringing Agag back because I can sacrifice. That'll make God happy. No, what makes God happy is when we live right. What makes God happy is when we repent of our sins. When we set our lives in avenue. 1523 of Proverbs, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. How good it is. So good. Nabal's harsh words towards David ignited a response that didn't come because Abigail intervened. Five and nine of Matthew tells, blessed are the peacemakers. There is a special blessing for people that just have that way of just being balm on sunburn. You know, that, that that aloe vera lotion on a sunburn. Not gravel, not sand in someone's shoe, in a blister. Stand, if you would, please, with me today. He said, She said. I'll say it like this <laughs> Abigail, she hasted. She saw the importance of the matter and she put action, immediate action. She said, "I've I, this, this depends on me jumping right up and taking care of business. I can't wait on this. Please, if you're at the sound of my voice today, please don't think. I, I am not gunning for anybody. I am talking to me. I have preached to me about learning to control this and this. Trying to be helpful instead of hurtful. But if you Have aught with somebody. I, I wouldn't let one minute go by. I wouldn't wait till I asked you to come to the altar. But somebody will see me. They'll know. Who cares? Who cares? We've all said stuff to one another that you regret. Every one of us have put our size 7, 8, 10, 11, 12. Put it in our mouth. We've all done that. Some more often than others, but it's a work in progress. It's not okay. God did not say it's okay. Bless God, you're okay. I understand you're like that. You just have a, a, a sharp tongue. He doesn't say it's okay. He said fix it. Get working on it. Go make amends with who you've fashed out at. These altars are open. There's somebody you want to get right with tonight. I pray you do that. I pray. Please, don't let a minute go by. Don't let a day go by. Husbands, come on. Think about it. Have you been short with your wife? Wives, have you been short with your husbands? Have you said things? Have you broke them down? Have you tore them down? Would you pray together? Maybe that'd be a good good thing, husbands and wives to pray together. Jesus, if you're here and you're single, find somebody the same and, and, and pray with them, would you, please? A soft answer turneth away wrath. A kind dancer soothes angry feelings. Come on, all-